Dawn and Steve are here, and so is February. A leap year month is upon us, and we want to hear from you. 800-555-7898. One hour from now, Bible Q&A with Dr. James Patrick. So get those questions into us by texting that same number, 800-555-7898. Well, we are only in the month of February, but March is not too far away. And when I think of March, then what comes to mind is St. Patty's Day. And I'm not Irish, but living in Chicago for a long time, mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day was a big, big thing. Okay. Not as big of a thing, it seems yeah. to me, down here in the South. Oh, I, I, the Irish must not have settled, at least this part <laughs> of the country right here. But with that would always come the Shamrock Shake. Yes. And today is the day oh, that no the kidding. Shamrock Shake is back at McDonald's. Almost two weeks earlier Oh. Than it did last year. It didn't uh, come out last year until February 20th mm-hmm. when it returned. This year coming out uh, today at participating restaurants. And uh, with that, joining the Shamrock Shake on the menu for the first time, the Oreo Shamrock McFlurry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am so intrigued by this. The thing that's frustrating me right now uh-huh. as... Uh, is I'm trying to eat clean. I was going to say, you can't and eat I this. Can't Why are you this? so excited? I don't understand. I'm like, oh, it's that thing where like you see the forbidden fruit, right? Uh, and because uh-huh. you can't have it, you want it even more. Sure. I think that's what's going on right now. I, I, yeah, I can appreciate that. The double Big Mac is still a thing. You could, uh, you could blow it all in one afternoon. I very well could. You could do a double Big Mac. Have your shamrock shake with your double Big Mac. And for dessert, well, you could have. You can have my Big Mac. I'm taking that double quarter pounder with cheese. Okay. All yeah, right. All that's, right. That's my go-to there. I think we talked about that a little bit last week. And I, it just made me think, when was the last time you set foot in a McDonald's? I went through the drive-thru yesterday, got a small black coffee. Okay. Because I was traveling home. Sure. And I just needed I know some people decent. bash their coffee. I think their coffee's pretty good. Um, my folks drink Folgers. And I'm so not used to Folgers that it tastes like dirt in a cup to me. Folgers does? Mm -hmm. Okay. And therefore, I thought, well, I'm not sure McDonald's, but I know. As long as it's a fresh can of Folgers. No. It's okay. So we have a friend who hosts the morning show in Cleveland, Ohio. And um, he was just on this trip with me to India a couple weeks ago. And he was telling me he drinks Folgers. I'm not going to judge him too hardcore. Maybe a little bit. But you don't have to. I did. I, I totally. I, I bet you did. <laughs> I know how you feel, but I bet you did. <laughs> well, I just, I, I've gotten used to certain coffee, and it's not the massively expensive stuff, but it is a, a little bit above Folgers. It's and good. So the Don and Steve in the morning blend. That's it. I, I'm a big fan of that, too. We drink it at home. It's in this thermos right here. Ben tells everybody about it. When they come to the house and we offer them coffee, he'll say, hey, it's the Don and Steve in the morning's blend, and he'll show them the bag and everything. And so That's just he's proud of you because your picture's on a bag of coffee. (laughs) It is funny what people will do when they see your picture on a bag of coffee. (gasps) Well, you are legit. That's exactly what my 25-year-old said when she saw that. Isn't that funny? (laughs) like, Dad, you've you've made it. That's... Oh, oh, we we are funny people, aren't we? Yeah. So funny. It is, though, a matter of flavor and taste and all of those things. You don't know how long that Folgers has been in that plastic container. That, I will give you that. It's ground already. If it's been already. there for a long time, if it's old, if it's stale, I, I, I completely will give you that. But when you open a fresh can and you start brewing that right away, 
I can I can go for that. Drink Folgers at home, do you? No. That's right, I thought. But <laughs> okay. I'm not going to judge anybody who does as long as it's fresh. Uh, well, I, I gave him a hard time, and he just said, I know, I know, but I don't know any different. He said, this is what we drink, and so I'm not used to. And I think that's that's true of anything. Sure. If you like what you like because you've always done that, and coffee is definitely one of those things. But going through McDonald's yesterday, I felt pretty okay about it because it was just a cup of black coffee, and it was small. I didn't even know about the Shamrock Shake. I can't remember, though, the last time I had one of those. I mean, 30 years maybe? Oh, wow. Yeah, it it's is 50, 50 years, years old. old. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I is that like a um, minty? What is it? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. It's kind okay. of minty. Yeah. No, it, it's one of those things that I used to get super excited about. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, I, I want one because I can't have it. I think <laughs> that's what's going on. Used to kind of get a little bit excited about the McRib too. Not anymore. Oh. For whatever reason. I'm like, yeah, we're going to let that one go. Okay. If they ever bring that one back, you can have mine. But no, no, I'm I'm good there. But at Shamrock Shake, I would do it just to try. But again, it's one of those things that's changed so much over time with all the additives and chemicals. I can't just make uh, no. myself my grand my grandparents my parents love um, Dairy Queen cakes. You know the ice cream yeah. cakes. I used to love those. Uh-huh. And they, this is their thing. Three o'clock every afternoon, they have a slice of Dairy Queen cake. And so I had to go pick the new one up and brought it home. And dad was like, don't you want some? No, thank you. Are you sure? Why don't you want some? I said, I just don't have the taste for it anymore. Which I'm telling you, I would have eaten the whole thing 15 years ago. Just give me a spoon. And yet, there's just it's just what you get used to or what you don't get used to. That's true. I'm very interested to see, though, if you cave I and go get a shamrock shake. I am not going to cave. I know you won't. I, not, I will not. I think we need to, hey, help me keep it in front of Steve. You know, one of the things <laughs> that okay. I learned about myself, and I didn't, you know, people talk about the fact that you can change your taste buds, right? Yes, you can. And when you gradually, you know, you start eating differently. Mm-hmm. And then I had been trying to eat clean for a while. And then, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, I was in Chicago mm-hmm. and was up there for some work and then took an extra day or two and, and, you know, hung out with family. And I was not able to stick to what I had been eating while I was traveling. Sure. I was amazed how quickly I felt differently. I'm like, oh, I can tell I'm not eating clean anymore because mm-hmm. my body was not happy. And I actually craved green stuff. I never crave fruits and vegetables and green stuff, but I did that. It's incredible. Yeah. It's really, it's, like I, it's starting to happen. I would have promised you I would never learn to like a vegetable that wasn't corn or macaroni and cheese or pinto beans. Macaroni and cheese is not a vegetable. Yes, it is. Yes, well, it, it is in the South. Yes. Yes, it is. It's Just go to the veggie plate selection and yeah. you'll <laughs> see macaroni and cheese on there. But I would have promised you anything non-starchy, I would never, never learn to like. And it can be done. It's amazing when you make those little changes. And it does take a minute. It's not going to happen overnight. Right. So, no shamrock shake for you? Nope. Oh. I want one, though. <laughs> well, we're glad you're with us on this Monday morning here. And you had uh, thrown out Dr. Michael Brown uh-huh. and what he said. We had this whole off-air conversation. We had a really good on-air conversation with him about revival. Yes. I think it was on Friday. So good. That he joined us mm-hmm. and really, really enjoyed that. But I don't know how we got talking about this off air. Oh, because I asked him about coffee. Okay, that's right. If he drinks coffee, I ask all our guests that. And his answer was no. 
you know, if, if you know anything about his story and his testimony, hardcore drug addict, basically around the age of 15, I think he said it, mm. it was. And he did that for a couple of years. And then God got a hold of him. Yes. Turned, totally changed his life upside down. Right. And, and so that led to this whole off air conversation that we had with him talking about ways that, you know, our, our lives have changed, what we eat, what we drink, why we do the different things that we do. And he had happened to mention that about nine and a half to 10 years ago, he completely changed his diet. Mm-hmm. All of his eating intake. All the eating habits. And uh, I'm like, okay. Because I just fairly recently and decided that I wanted to do that too. Mm-hmm. And so I was asking him, like, how long did it take for you to retrain what your body craved and your taste buds and all of that? And he said, it, it took a minute. He said, at first, there's the initial withdrawal from the sugar and all those things that For your body sure. craves and is mm-hmm. addicted to. Caffeine. Caffeine. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, three days to a week of all that. And uh, I'm like, okay. He's like, then the next thing was retraining my my mind and how I thought about food. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? And he said, I looked at food as a reward. I'm like, ding, 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 ding. Oh, yeah. Many of us do. Right? And so we go out. We work hard. We, you know run after whatever we're running after, you know, spreading the gospel or making money or whatever, you know, our, our jobs and, you know, lives entail, maybe a sport, maybe whatever, but you do whatever you're going to do with gusto and you go hard after that. And if I do that, then I'm going to reward myself at the Mm -hmm. end of the day with food and other people may choose other things to, as their reward. But so for me, it was food and I had to retrain my thinking and think the food is not the reward. The food is the fuel. The reward is I feel better. I have energy. I'm mentally sharp and focused. My health has improved. I'm able to engage with my kids and my grandkids. And a fuller, more robust, healthier, better-feeling life is the reward. Mm-hmm. And the food is the fuel that gets me there. Yes. He said that took like a good month. Oh, yes. And that's with great intentions yeah. if you're going to get it done in I'm 30 like, days. Oh, you're like, going to work hard. That actually has been sticking with me all weekend. Mm-hmm. It's been resonating. Like, okay, what is the motivation there? It's And yes. how do I view food? And I, I admit I have looked at it as a reward for my whole life. Or celebrations. Sure. And it you could be defended that in Scripture, the Lord always gave celebrations and it re, it was revolving around food. It, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It did. And I, I you know, can... I would have made that argument, right? Well, we celebrate with food in, in the Bible, but the you know, food was not the same then. True. <laughs> not processed. Oh, so true. Right? Yes. In the same mm-hmm. way. And I wonder if they had cream cheese. Back all in the those processed foods that we have uh, at our disposal right now does all that. But the other thing that they practiced in uh, the nation of Israel back in Bible times yep. was fasting. Isn't that something? Right. And they had to wait. For food, so often those celebrations with food revolved around certain times of the year and harvest. Mm -hmm. And right now, I mean, you walk into a grocery store, in a sense, it seems like it's always harvest. So it's always easy to celebrate. Mm -hmm. Everything is always accessible and right there. And that wasn't necessarily true back then. Mm -hmm. And so there are seasons of fasting and seasons of feasting. And I think... At least in this Western world, many of us have gotten used to living in just the season of feasting. Mm-hmm. And feasting is the norm. And then sometimes we do the really big feasting. 
on top of what <laughs> is the regular feasting. And we don't practice the, those seasons of fasting. Or if we do, it's very, very minimal. Right. Back in Bible times, that was kind of more the norm. It was. Mm-hmm. It is fascinating that my brain immediately goes to Scripture and all of the big feasts that the Lord put into place for the people, but totally forget about the fasting part. Me too. Although, yep. yeah, it, fasting for me, as far as like nutritionally, is a better thing for me, for my brain. Um, but yes, then you're like, okay, in that window where you're going to eat, then what's the nutrition look like? Is it for fuel? To keep the body going and give it the nutrients it needs. And therein lies another struggle, though, since our food doesn't have the nutrients it needs much anymore. I think if you're growing your own, you've probably got a better chance at having full-on nutrients. But, yeah, just because of the mass production and trying to keep everybody fed and all of those things. And yet, making those cleaner choices, if that's the best word to describe it, are always going to be better for our bodies than just the filler. And I was telling you that when I travel to my mom's, I always tell myself, okay, this is your chance. If you're going to eat fast food, this would be the time that you can do it. And just like as an excuse, get by with it. If you want a burger, I just can't do it. I just cannot because I know how badly I'm going to feel after I put that in my body. And so, yeah. Another, another down or up and back, I guess I'm in Tennessee and she's in Kentucky Yeah, and it's, uh, I can't even remember how many miles, about three and a half hours and just having that conversation with the Lord. Okay. I want to make good choices. And so, mm-hmm. I, and that is kind of where it starts going back and then taking those practical steps, both and right. It's yeah. living in the and yeah. for well, sure. The older I get, the more I'm convinced that it's learning to live in the and mm-hmm. the tension. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, we live in this struggle and we know that ultimately Christ is sovereign and in control of all things. But we look at the day to day struggle and the effect of sin and all those things. And you're like, man, how, how do I put those two things together? And sometimes what feels like conflicting things are both true and learning to live in that tension and that's maybe something that you've been thinking about wrestling through. Love to know. Maybe God's been showing you what it looks like for you to to live in the and, to live in the struggle. How has that played out in your life? 800-555-7898. That's 800-555-7898. Well, I know uh, there's been times you guys have been at the house, and we do have one of those Oculus things. I don't know what you call that. Oculus there's a name for it. Yeah, Oculus like the something, and it, it's kind of a virtual reality, virtual reality thing. thing. I, I did watch games. And do yeah, all that. play, yeah. and I've got video of <laughs> of some of us doing this. Especially, there's one of them where you're kind of standing really high above a building, and it, there's a button within the elevator that says. Like, don't push this. And, of course, my kids are like, push it, push the button. And when you do, spiders come out from everywhere. Oh, yeah. That one is hilarious if you're on the outside. <laughs> if you have the Oculus Rift, I think is what it's called, Oculus on, it is not super fun. Oh, I, I did not find that Watching amusing. people do that is absolutely hysterical. Hilarious. I, I think we've got video of my wife in yes. your kitchen. Yes. It may have been that same game even. When all of a sudden, I think she's like trying to dodge a bus driving down the road <laughs> and it's coming right at you. And it looks like she's trying to do the Matrix. You know, it you does exactly Keanu look Reeves like the Matrix. That. Yeah. 
She what? also yep. had the best response as how she managed to get on the floor, get the Oculus off her ha- head, and kind of land softly in, in one fluid motion of anyone I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, applause, applause. Well, now, of course, Apple is coming out with their version of this. Last night, I was brushing my teeth, coming out of the bathroom, and Ben had some audio on. I said, what are you watching? And he said, I got to show you this. And he walked me through this whole, I guess it's kind of like a long form ad of what Apple Vision Pro is going to be. Okay. It is nothing short of incredible. And yet what it's going to do to life as it becomes more affordable, because right now who can afford this? It's like 3,500 bucks right now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. That would be $3,500. I don't understand. But. It will be, you know how it'll happen. Like the more popular it gets, the more in production, this will come down and we'll see if it ever gets to be quote unquote affordable. Uh, but this multimedia thing is just, uh, I I don't even know how to describe it. It is that amazing. I started looking at just the, the Apple website this morning, uh-huh. looking at this thing and it does, it looks absolutely incredible. Like you're on with if you're wearing this head device, you're you're on all these multiple screens doing all this computing. Everything is just kind of right there in front of you, and what looks to be kind of like a virtual world, but it's all right there in front of your your face, and you can engage and interact with it all. The difference between this one and the Oculus that we have is that when you have Apple Vision Pro on, according to what I was watching, you not only see your environment especially on the onset before you open any screen, you can see the person sitting in front of you. That person can come into focus if you look at the person. And it is largely driven by eye movement. If you stare at the app that is in front of you, it's good. If you have an uh, iPhone, it'll be very familiar to you, but you could stare at the app. And then all you do is pinch your little fingers together and how they do that, I don't know. You can you can leave your fingers sitting in your lap yeah. and just pinch them together and that's the how you pick that particular app. And you can do that when you want to enlarge a picture or make the um, panoramic photo take over the room there are just so you could change your work environment all the while like working on your computer it has to be a macbook but all the while working on that you can um change your environment you might be at the seashore doing your work that's what i told ben i said i would just have to put the beach up and then from then on i could do whatever work you need me to do no problem well you can uh save your pennies well, that's not going to happen. Yeah, come 3, up with that $3,500. No, no. I don't even have a MacBook, so it's not even uh, yeah. going to matter. Like, <laughs> I'm a Windows-based girl because it's affordable. Well, I totally get that. I don't uh, envision getting this anytime soon, if ever. Who knows? Maybe down the road it will become one of those things that, you know, it's the way that we kind of do uh, so much of life. And that's what's scary to me. That we'll end up, you know, just kind of adopting these into kind of our workflow and our what we do. But I, I think thinking now about the fact of knowing it's coming and thinking through, okay, what is it going to look like to manage this thing well so that we manage it and it doesn't manage us? Oh, how's that going with our phone so far? Right. And I think if we were to honestly evaluate what has the phone, what has having an iPhone or a smartphone in your pocket, 
What has that done to us as a society? What has it done to our families? What has that done to us individually? If we would be honest about what that's looked like over the past 15 to 20 years and then think through, okay, if this is going to be the next iteration of that, oh yeah, what have we learned that we can put into place and into practice as we bring in the new technology? Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah, it's it's going to be yep. something, though, that is for sure. <laughs> I wonder how many Super Bowl ads we're going to see for this coming up this weekend. Oh. I would imagine it's going to be pretty highly publicized. Well, we're glad you're here on this Monday, and in about ooh, 19 minutes now, we're going to talk about the Bible and get those questions in for, I would say, Dr. Michael Rydelnik, but I know he's out today. Dr. James Patrick is going to join us stepping in. Dr. R said last week, hey, I'm not going to be able to be there Monday, uh, but I'll be back. So yeah. just know. but. Talking about the word is still so very valuable. And you may have a question that you want to get in. We would love that. 800-555-7898. Getting into the word. There's nothing more invigorating. I don't think. Truly. If you're in it and you've asked the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you. I've been in the New Testament. And I, it, I'm to a point in the book of John where Jesus is preparing his disciples. He's getting ready to go to the cross. And he okay. said, truly, you want me to go away. Which is such an interesting statement. It is. Isn't I mean, you want me to go because... And they're like, no! <laughs> no, I don't. I would have been the same way. I, me too. I've been, I'm in your very presence, Jesus. Exactly. Why would I want you to leave? And they he, were still trying to figure out who he was. Right? And he's like, well, because I'm going to send the helper. I'd be like, I, I, no. I don't want the little helper. I want you. <laughs> You're right here in front of me. I can reach out and touch you. Right. I've been with you. I've been following you. I've been watching you. I've been, you know, giving my life to the things that you've been telling us where to do. And now you tell me you're going to go away and you're going to be something better. I don't know. I want to trust that it's something better, but that's unknown. I know you. And so I, I could see the tension in the disciples for sure. And you kind of feel the same tension in your own spirit. And yet what studying scripture reminds us is that the power of the Holy Spirit that he gives to every believer is just that it's power. Yeah. It is power that we may be devoid of if we're living a life that is completely opposite of what he's instructed of us. And I was listening to a couple, since I was traveling this weekend, I was listening to a couple of things, a couple of sermons where, uh, again, reminded that going back to the word, living it out imperfectly, uh, there is always that caveat because we have this sin nature that's still warring within us, warring against us. Then you've got the enemy that's all part of the equation. And yet he is the overcomer and he has placed himself in us yeah. with that seal and and we have the opportunity to cooperate with his spirit or to ignore it and yep. become desensitized to his move and and so i'm just i love talking about the word and how the lord moves it just it, yeah it puts me on shouting ground anytime 800-555-7898 